Because if somebody says, how's business, there's only one right answer, and that is booming. Because it's always booming for someone, somewhere, somehow, sometime. Make that someone be you. Everyone should be a disruptive entrepreneur. Find something that needs disrupting. And the truth of the matter is everything does. Mark, how are you? I am delighted to be with you. And I am, I am so thankful for what you're doing for every young entrepreneur. Because if everyone learned how to be an entrepreneur young, they could be rich forever. And uh, one of my friends is uh, Dr. Muhammad Yunus, who created microfinance and microcredit in Bangladesh and has taken a poorest country and made it one of the richest in the world in 20 years. And every, he says everyone has an entrepreneur inside. And what my goal is, like yours, is to help everyone pull it out. And that's why, you know, one of the books I wrote was The Richest Kids in America. But I wish somebody there, and I told you, I wish you'd write The Richest Kids in England. And I wish every one of these kids would share their stories. And I will co-write that with you just because it's so important that, I mean, this book's still rocking and selling. It just, it's so much fun for me to be here because an entrepreneur finds a problem and there's more than ever kids and parents and, and mentors and teachers that are on. All you got to do is fix it, then scale it. And you've been taught how to scale it and then make a profit. And if you're really scaling it, a vast profit. Mark, I just want to say something. Um, Any- I have never met anyone in my life who makes friendships so quickly and connects people so quickly. Because um, I'm always quite nervous when I meet new people and, and probably a bit British and slow. Oh, let's just feel each other out. And I just want to tell everyone within halfway through our conversation, we hadn't even finished on my Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast. Mark connected me to this great person, this great. And, and since then, you know, Mark and I have stayed in regular touch and he's connected me with so many people and I've tried to give back in the same way. And I just want to say, Mark, I was just blown away with your kindness and the, the speed at which you can create friendships. It was just an amazing thing. So I want to thank you so much for being here. You My have aunt. sold 500 million copies of what is it, 300 books you've authored or co-authored? Is that right? 312. And I keep writing because I want everyone to write a book. One of the books we've got out, obviously, is you have a book in you and I want everybody to write their book. Everyone's got a book in them and they can speed write it and they go to my website and we'll give you some stuff on just how to do that. Because wouldn't it be nice if you were eight or nine or 12 years old and wrote your first book and, and started selling it and it get, built your self-esteem, your self-image, your self-awareness, your self-growth, because here's what we've discovered. And you can see, I've got more books than anybody, but <laughs> is it once you start writing, you start reading, once you start writing and reading, you start thinking and, and, uh, the cliche is obviously from Jim Rowan is not all great readers aren't re- leaders, but all leaders are readers. And everybody watching this show can be an entrepreneur. Everyone can be a leader. Everyone has, you've heard, heard from other uh, presenters I've been watching, can make a fortune. And you've got more phenomenal people on. Ladies and kids, I got to just tell you, I wish that somebody like Rob existed when I started. And I wish the internet existed because I want this to go literally to the whole world. And I hope you just keep sharing everything we've done. Thank you, Mark. So what do you wish you knew about entrepreneurship when you're 18 years old? With all the wisdom that you've got now, imagine you could go back and have a chat with an 18-year-old Mark. Well, first of all, I love the question. So I knew absolutely nothing, but I didn't know that I couldn't succeed. So when the Beatles came out in February of of 1962, from England, of course, um, they were on our TV show called... uh, Ed Sullivan and I immediately called up at 50 million of us in America watched, which was the biggest watch show ever. 
and they had floppy hair and, and they had, we were called mop heads then. It may be derogatory, but, and I love the music. I loved, I want to hold your hand was her first song. And I love Paul McCartney and John Lennon and Ringo and, and George and all that. I called up my best friend, another little Scandahoovian guy, because I grew up in a Danish neighborhood and I'm of Danish descent, as you know. And I immediately said, we're starting a rock group. He said, what do you know? I said, nothing. And this is what's so important to you kids is I didn't know anything, but I didn't know we couldn't succeed. And Gary said, okay with me, I'll do it if you'll do it. I mean, look, you got screaming women, have fun. You get to travel, have some money. We immediately started a rock group in two weeks. I, I learned how to play a bass. We learned 50 songs. Gary got the fourth organ in Amer- electric organ in America. Those were a brand new thing coming out of Europe at the time. And uh, there was no such thing as rock groups. So we joined the musicians union and we were booked five or six nights a week and starting to make money. So if I'd learned how to do it as a business, I could have done much better. I would have loved to tape record stuff. I would have loved to audio record. But I just thought, I am having such a ball. I'm having such joy in making money. And then we found a little market like what you just we just heard is my cliche and I wrote a book on it, Grow Rich in Your Niche, is that I found a niche called the YMCAs, the young, anyhow, they were empty on Friday night and Saturday night. They needed money and it's called cause-related charity like what you're doing today. And, and I said, look, you guys, let me bring in a dance. We won't wreck the floors. You're not playing basketball or anything at night. I'll charge $5 a person. You get half. I get half. Well, we'd have 2,000 people a night and I would make, you know, 5,000. They'd make 5,000. They thought they'd died and gone to heaven and so did I. I mean, because I made enough to go to college. So I thought I was like, I burned it up because I didn't have a money consciousness. So back to your question, and I'm sorry if I'm over answering, but it's fine. Kids, I'm asking you to read some of my books because you need to have a prosperity consciousness versus a poverty consciousness. One of the books that Rob told me really got him going was my book, One Minute Millionaire, which is half for your left brain, half for your right brain. And it'll just teach you the principles. And, and part of it's a story that'll take you from here to there if you use it. And I'll let you talk to what it did for your mind when you read it a few years ago. Yeah, thank you, Mark. So um, I credit Mark 100% with changing the way I set goals. So I actually saw Mark speak. I've read many of his books, um, but the most impactful thing was actually seeing him speak. And he didn't know then I was in the audience. Um, But I I remember setting like three goals in a year, thinking, yeah, I'm setting goals. I'm going to achieve three things in a year thinking I was doing all right, because most people don't set goals, let's be honest. And and Mark said something like, you need to set at least 100 goals. And I immediately thought, uh, and it just, I immediately saw why. Because you've got your B goals, your do goals, your how goals, your who you want to be goals, your health goals, your money goals. There's so many different goals. So I immediately started implementing what Mark said, started to set 100 goals, then 120 goals. And now I set about 200 goals a year. And I'd, I achieve half of them, but that's 97 more than achieving all of three goals. So, Mark, you really you are the person responsible for me achieving a lot more, like having a foundation. I set that as a goal. Now, when I was in my 20s, most people start foundations when they're in their 60s. And I set mine up at 37 years old. I wanted to raise seven figures for charity, which I have done. And so the more goals you have to set. You have to be less selfish because you, you can only set like 30 selfish goals and then that's everything you want. So the others have got to be spiritual or, um, you know, how you impact the world or a foundation, etc. So, yeah, Mark, and I just go around telling everyone because that was I would say that's in the top five most life changing things that uh, I have impacted into my life. So I want to give you a special thank you for that. 
And I'd, wow. I'd, I'd, I'd need to be 500 next year. There's always more. Um, let me ask you this, Mark. Um, I just want to check people pulled this out because you said something so profound, but you speak very fast. <laughs> and you said you didn't know how not to succeed. And that, I think, is very profound. When you're young, you probably don't know failure like older people. You probably haven't got the battle scars. You don't know how not to succeed. And I thought that was very wise. Let's now talk to the parents, because we've got parents and 12-year-olds, 16-year-olds, 22-year-olds on this. So how could parents, what tips and tricks could you, you give them for raising entrepreneurial kids? Well, first, I got two things. One is I, I would ask the current book, which you've been very kind to do a podcast so they can go back called, my wife and I wrote called Ask the Bridge Bridge from Your Dream to Your Destiny. And parents don't always get along with their kids. So what we're saying is get a book and go over every question in the book with you and your kid because we've been locked down in this crystal, so to speak, this, this confine, this cocoon, so to speak. And when you open up to questions, and you start asking yourself questions of who am I, you know, who am I? Ask yourself, ask yourself, who are you? Ask yourself about others and ask yourself about God. Suddenly you'll wake up stuff that you didn't know that you knew. And, and you wake up to being really resilient and really positive and really powerful because everyone is born, like my wife says, we're four times over endowed with genius. And some of you say, well, I'm not a genius. Yes, you are. You have 50 thousand plus ideas a day. And all it takes is one that you decide to harvest, prosper with, get rich with. And that's why I said to Rob. For years, people have been asking me where I buy my watches. Many of you may know I'm a watch collector. I'm a watch investor. And those as an asset class have done me very well in the last 15 years. I have never shared where I source my watches from or my watch dealer until now. My watch dealer used to be a professional footballer for Manchester United, and he formed a watch brand called Broadwalk. And he sources the higher-end brands like Rolex, Audemars Piguet, Patek Philippe and Richard Mille. I trust him. I've used him for many years, and recently we've done a partnership. Hence, I'm inviting you, if you want to start investing in watches and protect your money from the banks and inflation, to check out Broadwalk. That's B-R-O-A-D-W-A-L-K. And the website is broadwalkgroup.com. The email is sales at broadwalkgroup.com. And please don't share this, but his number is 07496 878153. Obviously, only message him if you're serious about buying and investing in the higher-end watches. People have been asking me for years, and for the first time ever, you can get access to my watch team. when he was in my audience and, and now you're in my audience. I'm very thankful to share with you. I hope you go back and, and let me do more with you on YouTube and all that. But the fact of the matter is once you start understanding this process of goal setting, it makes you better off. It makes everybody else better off, but only 3% of us in the world set goals. And once you start setting them, you get them. And, and what did you just hear? He gave a testimonial is what we call it. And you start bursting. Like when I wrote, you know, the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, and we did a Chicken Soup for the Entrepreneur Soul, of course, because I think entrepreneurs are the most important people in the world because there's no jobs without entrepreneurs. And, and I want you to be self-employed because a job means you're just over broke, whereas both parents and kids, let's have some breakthroughs. And you say, well, how do you have breakthroughs? Well, I'll give you this book free. If you go to markvictoranson.com, we'll give you a book, How to Be Up in Down Times, free. 
And the first thing I, you know, because we've had a downtime for a year. We've all been locked in, right? We've all been shut down by government. Uh, whether it's correct or not is a whole different issue. But the first chapter, I say, hey, look, we're going into the best time ever during this decade. We're not going to do a million. We're not going to do a billion. We're going to do 50 trillion. That's spelled with a T. And here's all the businesses that you can participate in. If you participate in a little, like some of the people we've been talking about earlier, you're going to skyrocket up. What if you'd been with Amazon and really helping Jeff Bezos at the beginning or or Steve Jobs or or my current hero is Elon Musk, because what is he doing? He In the next couple of weeks, we're going to have flying cars. In the next couple of weeks, he's got a brand new battery that he says is going to be about the size of your thumbnail. It's going to go 500 miles, and it's going to change air travel. It's going to change every travel, because all of us are going to be able to lift off, take off. He's putting up 40,000 satellites in the air, so we have an internet that works for everybody. Well, if you think the internet was good for bursting business, we're going to go into levels of business bursting that is way beyond. And, and what I taught in the seminar that you're at is if somebody says, how's business, there's only one right answer. And that is booming because it's always booming for someone, somewhere, somehow, sometime. Make that someone be you. Am I still talking too fast? I'm just excited no, to be with everybody. No, <laughs> we love it. With technology now, we could slow you down or speed you up anyway, so it's fine. No, I, I love listening to you, Mark. We, do you know what would be fun? We, we should do a 20-minute interview sometime where every one of your answers has to be a book because you can literally answer every one of my questions with one of your books. You've written so many. I hope that's not obnoxious. I just want people no, to... No, no, no. Your input determines your output, your throughput, your connection with superconscious God infinite intelligence. And once you start reading positive self-help book, and I'm asking all the kids and the parents, shut, forgive me for saying this, but shut off all the negative media, shut off the negative social media, shut off the newspapers for a while, shut off all the politicians, because they're not going to take you where you want to go. Where do you want to go? And if you read the kind of stuff I write and my peers write and my peers in the past have written, and it's stuff that you're writing now, let's take everybody to new heights of success and make everybody better off and take care of the 4 billion people that aren't taken care of out of the 8 billion on the planet. 100%. So sometimes I speak to young entrepreneurs and they think they're disadvantaged. They, they're just starting out. They haven't maybe got much money. They're not as successful and you know, experienced as people like yourself, Mark. I actually think there's a lot of advantages to being a young entrepreneur. So do you, and if so, what advantages do you think the young entrepreneurs have? I think they got every advantage. They got 360 degrees of, of potential. And that's what happens is that you got to say yes to your potential because you're full of potential. You're full of naive wisdom. If you start to claim it, you're full of intuition. If you decide when intuition's a wellspring, you're full of imagination where you can solve problems nobody else can solve. And, and you're full of, in, in the, if you want to be in the book business, obviously we'll help you do that because I want every one of these kids to learn how to write their own book starting at a young age. I mean, I didn't write my own book until I was uh, 26. And since then I've written, you know, the 312 and I've got about six or eight more. Cause I'd say, don't ever write one book at a time, write five or six. Cause you might have writer's block on one, but you can't have writer's block on five <laughs> or six. And, and you know, so much, Every one of you knows something everybody else in the world wants to know. That's why on YouTube, the kid, that I think the number is $8 million, an eight-year-old made that amount of money last year just because he did product recommendations. Everybody came to him and he had the most watched YouTube station. So kids can make money. One of the people in, the, in my little book here, Rich's Kids, um, Jasmine Lawrence, was, was a girl of color, lost all of her hair and said, wait a second. 
I'm a chemistry student. She is ultimately a, a science superstar. But she said, there's got to be some way to keep hair for black people. So she came up with it, sold it at, at um, Walmart and Whole Foods and that and made 50 million a year before she was 18 years old, had 500 employees. I said, holy cow, I don't even know if you need to go to Stanford. You're already doing better than everyone that graduates at Stanford. Wow. Yeah, I think the chap um, who has the Ryan's Toys Review YouTube channel, I think in 2019, it was $26 million that channel raised. Sorry if I gave the wrong number. It's, no, no, no. I mean, you may have given a different year, or but I, I'm pretty sure it was those kind of numbers. So, Perfect. you know, one, I wish he was my son. <laughs> no, but uh, I mean, that is just phenomenal, the opportunities, you know. I had to deal with no internet. You had to deal with writing letters to people, Mark, back in the day. And now, of course, you can private message anyone at the speed of light. Social media connects us all globally really quickly. Live stream technology. So, yeah, I think it's great to be young. I mean, my daughter's six and she can use all of our devices. You know, the finger comes out, log into all of the devices. So I just I wanted to make the message that there is an advantage to youth. Um, so yeah, thank you, Mark. So let's get now. About live stream. Every kid yeah, yeah. got to know about live stream this morning, just this morning for myself, I was looking at it. We are now becoming big YouTubers. We're making five or 10 videos a day on different subjects that my wife and I know independently and that we think everybody wants to know everything. And, and so you can go in and get bite-sized stuff by somebody you like, trust, and hopefully I'm, I'm a good mentor and you're a good mentee. And then we're going to allow a live stream, ask every question. But they're expecting it to do 224 billion with a B. I don't know if I can do it backwards or not. Billion with a B within the next five years. It is at the. It is. It is green pea. It is beginning. It's nascent. It's it, it, it's the acorn becoming a giant oak tree. And it it is so wonderful. This live stream that you talk about. And there's not a kid that's watching that can't do that. I'm not. I'm a. I'm a beginner in the business. But it is amazing how easy it is. And and the tutelage is something all of them know how to plug into and have fun doing if that's their right zone. Now, just what I taught in One Minute Millionaire, there, there's a million ways to make a million. And there's one right, perfect, easy, and acceptable way to you and your parents and your teacher. and other, get, Otherwise, get a new teacher if it's not acceptable to your teacher and a new mentor. <laughs> I mean, I want you to do stuff that's honest, ethical, and moral, of course, gang. Of course. Right. So let's slightly change the subject to money. Are there things that you feel should be taught in schools about money that aren't being taught? Wow. I love that question. First of all, the answer is 100 percent yes, because education means to draw out, not to stuff in. It's a Latin word, educare. And then what happens is we're saying you learn this stuff and then you're going to be smart. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't learn principles, but that's academic. That's why I said the, the books that I write are self-help action. And they tell you other people's stories of how they came from the from nowhere to somewhere great. And that's why I won the Horatio Alger Award. I came from rags to riches and I've been excessively philanthropic. And in America, we uh, help all the at-risk kids get to go to college. And 10 of us win a year. And one of us, um, you know, if international. So I'm going to nominate you next year, if that's okay with you. The, the point is, we'd love to be of a good eat, Brit. The, the, the point the point is that every kid needs to know a couple things. They need to know how to make money 
starting in the beginning. I started making my own money at nine years old. My parents were Danish immigrants. They didn't have a great, they didn't, they had an education to only 14 years old. So they didn't really know. They didn't know how to learn. And there's no such thing as ESL. English is a second language. So, right. But they said, look, you pride of ownership follows pride of ownership. So I said, can I have the bicycle if I earn it myself? And then my dad did a wise thing. So you learn to earn, then you learn to save. And I call that storing money because you don't want to save it too long because if you get 1% or 0%, that's not good use of your money. You want to learn how to do the third thing, which is invest money in assets that appreciate. And back when I started at 26 and appreciating assets, first house I bought was $2,000 down, $14,000 East Islip, Long Island, New York. I know that doesn't fit Europe or here anymore, but I sold it three years later for $58,000. Rob, I thought I had died and gone to heaven. I thought, I am one smart <laughs> dude. And when I did my first book, Stand Up, Speak on Win, I sold 20,000 copies from the platform that year, tripled my income, made $200,000. It's like making $2 million today. So what I'm saying to all you kids is that find some subject to write on, write on it that solves a problem that every kid has, whether it's pimples or acne or meeting girls or meeting boys and staying straight or whatever it is that you want to do that no one else has thought of, and then just do it, expand it, and then sell it and, and make the money earn the money, save the money, store the money, invest the money. And then if you can, I'm going to ask you to tithe 10% because you tithe four ways. Uh, you tithe your thinking, which is most important. You tithe your time, you tithe your talent, and then you tithe your treasure, your money. So if you made uh, a dollar, you tithe 10 cents back to church, temple, or synagogue, wherever you go. Thank you, Mark. So if you could say what, let's pick three traits of young disruptive entrepreneurs, what would they be? Okay, great, great question. Because uh, obviously, Jeff Bezos, who just retired two days ago, said everyone should be a disruptive entrepreneur. Find something that needs disrupting. And the truth of the matter is, everything does. So we're in the first disruptive culture ever in history. And he said, so that'd be number one. Number two is he said, be customer centric. And when he was customer centric, what he decided to do was say, hey, look. People want it delivered instantly. So he said, how do I do that? I do a subscription service, which is in our country called Prime. Is it Prime there too? Mm, yeah. We're delivered free. I don't know if your post office does that yeah. or not. It's, you know, that's a very interesting thing. In, and then you find some little thing that nobody's doing. Like here in America, the biggest tire company is called Discount Tire. And they're headquartered here in Scottsdale, Arizona, where I live. And a lady makes a gazillion dollars. But what they do is you drive in, get all your tires tested for air, but they also simultaneously measure the metric and say which tire is going to wear out at which time. And then what do you do? You buy your tires there. So they've gone from zero in the last two decades to the number one tire company ever in America. And just, just because they give free air and they do it, they do the bending, they do the testing, they do the measurement and everybody goes in and gets it. And they say, look, you ought to have your tires aired once a month because here and you know we're in the desert so it goes hot and then it gets cold at night hot and cold so it, it expands and tracks the air so what you do is the third thing is you find some little niche that nobody's thought of and all it takes is the ip the intellectual property intellectual property ladies and gentlemen means ideas and i said a few minutes ago all of us have fifty thousand or more ideas a day now the more you write your goals and set big goals the more ideas you'll have the more people you're going to meet 
And one of those things to meet people is you always have a list of 200 people you want to spend time with, play with, grow with, be expanded by. Make a little diary, get a picture off the internet of that person. So you and he or she, they get to meet and synchronize. And, and obviously, I've spent a lot of time with Richard Branson and he are, are good friends because I did a picture and then he invited us to Necker Island. So you've got to... The, the last part is you got to have a team to get your dream and one and one equals 11. You build a third new mind and team acronym means together. Everyone accomplishes miracles and kids and parents with your kids. You're alive to hit your destiny by achieving miracles. It's a miracle that I was in remedial reading from first grade to sixth grade. Now I'm world's best-selling author, sold a half billion books. I'm only halfway to my goal. I'm going to live to be 127 options for renewal. I'm going to sell a billion books. Now, a lot of people say, we can't do that. But I was just on the biggest uh, Amazon bestseller podcast with Mark Devereaux, and he started by saying the greatest line I've heard almost. He said, you are the Roger Bannister of books. Do you remember who Roger Bannister was, Rob? Was that the um, four-minute mile chap? Exactly. And he was a Brit. He was a medical doctor. Before that, your heart would jump out of your chest if you ran a four-minute mile. And then in the next week, because he broke the mental barrier – 119 people did it. What am I doing? I'm breaking the mental barrier so all of us can sell more books. All of us can become more literate. All of us can help make the whole world work for 100% of humanity, which is has never been possible until the technology we have today, which you and I are talking about. And any one of these kids can pick an area and master it by reading you know, a book a week in that area or fast reading it by listening to it at tape on your telephone at, at twice the speed, four times the speed, or the blind guy we talk about in our book, Ask, he listens at five times the speed. So he does a 10-hour book in two hours. And he does one book a day, Jim Stobel, and he's blind and, and created uh, narrative TV, which is watched by 14 million people streaming, a streaming service nobody thought of to show somebody how to throw a right hook or squeal away in the tires. And then he wrote a book that I want everyone to read other than mine called um, – the ultimate gift. And I wrote on the back, this has got to be a movie. It was so, and then he made a hundred million in the movie. He said, for one reason, because Mark Victor Hansen wrote as the endorsement, this is so clear, so viable, so utterly exciting. And, and you can't put it down. It is a page turner when you start to read it. And some of you out there say, I don't like reading books. You read one of mine and you're going to fall in love with reading books. I predict. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Right. We're going to do four quick five questions. And we okay. have our next speaker in his green room. Uh, so, yeah, four questions, quick fire. Um, and the first two together. What's the best advice and the worst advice you can ever remember receiving? Best advice. You become like the people you hang out with and, and like the books you read. So hang out with great, inspiring people and read great and positive books. The worst advice is that you want to watch the media and read the newspaper every day. It's tragic advice because it pollutes the brain, denigrates, just makes you despondent, disconsolate, depressed, and you want to kill yourself if you read all the bad news that's up there right now because there's a lot. Mm. Right. Mark, is there something that for a long time you very much believed or believed to be true, but you've maybe quite recently changed your mind about? Yeah. A and B. A is that we got too many people on the planet right now, which there's a lot of idiots out there that say, well, 8 billion people is too many and we ought to only have 500 million. And these are major people. They're idiots. And I don't mind being caustic about it because, look, we don't have a people problem. We got a design problem. I live in a state that's the same size as Israel, if that means anything to the state of Arizona. And, and we're a big state and it's empty. There's only 5 million of us in this gigantic, gigantic state. 
we have plenty of land. We it, once you have energy, which is the business one of the businesses I own. I own natural power concepts. Once you have energy, you can have water, you can have food, you can have abundance fundamentally to take care of everybody. And once you have abundance, people don't fight so much and population levels off. It becomes straight level. Like in America and England, where we're post-industrial, our, our birth rate here is like 1.2 and, and your birth rate's like 1.4 is the number I read last. Okay. So, so I used to think we had too many people. We don't have too many people. We need to just take care of all the people at a higher, better, more astound, astounding level, which we can do now. Yeah, great. Okay. And then final question, um, is there something you really believe that you believe a lot of other people don't believe? So is there something you believe to be true that um, you pretty much disagree with many other people? It can be the masses or even people around you. It's both the masses and the people around me. Everybody can be fundamentally rich, healthy, happy, joyous, successful if they learn how to ask, think right, talk right act right. They'll meet the right people like we've been talking for the right reasons, getting the right results right here and right now. And I am so thankful that you're so brilliant to put this on and, and let me humbly share. Hopefully, maybe they won't consider it humble, but humble means teachable. And I think I'm very coachable. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, I always love speaking to you. I love your energy. It's been a pleasure to get to know you. Please, can you tell us maybe the one book we should get first of yours and the one place we should go to follow you or if there's anything you're promoting. Uh, just go to my website, markvictorhanson.com. And the first book I think for the kids out there is get the richest kids in America. And like I said to you, you and I have got to do the richest kids in the UK and then the richest kids in Germany and the richest kids everywhere because they, they exist and kids need to inspire kids. And some of you kids out there that are making money are going to make money. I want you to write Rob, tell your story, we can put it together. I, I'm, I own a little publishing company. We can put it together. But other kids will get inspired more by kids than by some of us hard-pushing, hard-driving adults. But some of you are going to grow up and be like us, and you'll make a lot of money fast. And then you'll say, well, I only want to work four hours a week. And then you find out how much fun it is because we're here for three reasons. You're made in the image and likeness of God. You're here to create. You're here to contribute. And you're here to continue doing those two things. <laughs> <laughs> that was a cheat, that was. Mark, look, I'm so grateful. Thank you very much for being a part of the Young Entrepreneur Summit and helping us do our good bit to help the young and underprivileged people start meaningful businesses to change the world. You're really changing the world, Mark, with the work that you do. You've made me go and write a lot more books. I've got, I've got 17 written. I've got one coming out this year and I'm writing four. So I'm not, I'm not catching you up, but I'm, I'm just keeping pace. <laughs> Look, you can transcend me as far as I'm concerned. I'm very happy for you, and I'm elated that we're great friends, and I look forward to the world opening up so you and I can do seminars together in Europe and everywhere. Else.